0: You're rocking with the Griots.
1: What's a Griot? It's a
0: storyteller, a poet, an artist, a culture keeper.
1: Just two success coaches sharing life lessons and offering new perspectives.
0: Celebrating life, love, and self with ordinary people telling extraordinary stories.
1: We're your hosts, Jamil B. and Keith Marcel, and this is The American Griot
0: this podcast is for everyone who's ready to stop stuffing themselves into boxes that no longer fit it's about releasing the burden of black trauma and embracing creative ways to heal and recharge you will hear real stories from real people that affirm inspire liberate and restore us Money in the cars, cars in the clothes. I just want to be, I just want to be successful. I just want to be, I just want to be successful. I just feel like I want to be successful, and everyone does. Everyone wants to be successful, which is why we had to come with topic last week and I know it if it cracked a few people over the heads I realized that I'm sorry I'm sorry
1: but so you're just gonna skip over how dope that song was though yes you remember when that came out (laughs) that was such a good time like I feel like the world was just great when that song dropped
0: it was you know that whole mixtape like I have a image of myself driving in my car like at western and, I, and so that car had the hole in the side, right? I had got hit by a deer. I don't want to talk about it. There was a hole in the side of that one, and the and the wind would come in. But I loved that car, and it got me around.
1: So you, like, put your hand out the, the hole was for a turn signal? Is that what you did?
0: No, I didn't have to do that. But there was, like, a gap in space. When you close the door at, along the top, <laughs> <laughs> the wind could get in there. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay, though. Because I rode that car, I went to class with it, parked outside, walked to class, and I just wanted to be successful. That's That's what I'm saying.
1: saying. The vibe was like, you could just do whatever you want when that that came out, it just felt like really encouraged to just do whatever. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to do it, it's going to be successful, we're going to get what we need to get, it was just good vibes.
0: It's like that light turned on, you know, that light Mm -hmm. turned on. I think that's what this is about, right? It's like turning that light back on, because how long do we sleepwalk? and uh just feel like i just want to be successful. You know, you want to get that time back on. So
1: so we had to come back, right? And um I mean, and, and on top of that, we over the last couple of weeks since we dropped the episode, we've received I don't even know, man, tons of texts, emails, and reviews of people who are loving the episode. But, I was there's always a but at the end of every text, every message, and it was a like but. I need more information what do i do next you gave me all of these all this knowledge all this history all this backing but then you just were like bye <laughs> <laughs> you're like see you next episode and so everybody was like well, what do we do next how do i wake up how do i execute you know and that's that's why we're here you know and that's what we're going to do with this this episode today you know
0: yeah actually i had a lot of conversations like that too and and i just i love the the feedback that we get i want to encourage people to continue to listen and to comment and to share and and to review because I had a very similar conversation where it was just like, you know, it made me think like it made me think in a way that I didn't have to think. Somebody said, you know, you said, oh, okay, redefine success. This is going to be good. I can go one way. But then we went a completely different way when we when we looked at it from the perspective of being black. Like what does success mean when it's coming through our lens, lived in our body. And so we had to go there. Um, but the same feedback was like, once I see that, though, and, and once I'm ready to deal with that, what do I do to deal with that? You know, we shared our definition of success, but didn't necessarily share how we arrived there. And um, it, made, it made me think about, too, this idea of imposter syndrome, like what we go through on our way to trying to arrive, You know, um, I love that song because when he's saying I just want to be successful, then that means what we're not right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But how many of us are, in fact, amazing, innovative, creative, dynamic, powerful, resilient creatures, but don't see it?
1: Yeah. And it's 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 that failure to see where where you are succeeding. And Mm -hmm. the biggest part to that is not celebrating those small wins mm. because every day is special every day i mean I'm making your bed in the morning i mean that's successful that's a win bro i know i have a comfortable place to go back to when i get home i mean or, you know my day is over and i get to slide right into sleep but when it's messy you know i don't feel like my day goes as well so those small wins whatever they are for you are the most important and I don't know. I didn't hear from you, but somebody told me you had a small <laughs> win. I was kind of disappointed ah, that I didn't hear from you. Either. Why
0: is you about to say hearing a lot of these people like this? <laughs> <laughs> you just been a come Listen, what we not going to do, we not trumping out here. We're not doing it. We are <laughs> going to tell the whole truth.
1: Okay, well, you called me, like, right away, right after <laughs> the right. first most important people. You, right. called, you called your boy, so I appreciate it. But, yeah, tell us about your win. How You had a good week, right?
0: I had a great week. I had a great week and I had a great win and I'm, I'm going to tell you all about it, you know, the more that we kind of go and reflect, but just to point it out, I mean, your girl is transitioning into a new space and into a new place and into a whole new role that I'm so excited about. Um, you know, you everyone, you know, I, I coach, I'm a wellness and success coach for women, helping them to be inspired and on purpose, but I have a whole W two right? And, and I, I mentioned it last week or our last session, but I'm going into a new place of appointment where I can actually combine what I love, storytelling, um, coaching, marketing, organizing, relationship building all together. And I think it's so amazing because it didn't just come on accident. Like this was over the course of trying to redefine success and manifesting it in a way that I didn't, I, like, I, I wanted to believe it was possible, But you know you don't see it for a long time, and you start to question yourself. You're like, "Am I tripping? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, is this really possible?" Because I just don't see it, you know. And so I think that was really a win. Is just seeing what you hoped for for so long.
1: Yeah, you talked about how you talked about the game last last episode, right? About this game, you got to play to win, Mm -hmm. and you had a a response to that, and you were like, "I'm gonna reject. I'm gonna reject." those parts of the game that I don't want to play and I'm going to go ahead and do what I want to do I'm going to manifest what I want in my life
0: right 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 not and I mean that's what it was because I mean don't get it twisted like it's a dumb position (laughs) y'all like I'm happy on the outside it looks great but on the inside it's about rejecting this idea that I could just do another position. I could just do another job because if it were about that, if it were about the game of looking or being recognized in a certain way, you know, then I could end up in the same situation where I'm not happy, but I'm seen. (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Um, And I didn't want that. I had to really reject that and, and be patient for 10 years, bro. 10 years from the time I moved to Florida to where I am now today to share what we're going to share today. That's a whole journey. That's like showing up for the decade. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And that leaves us with a lot of of trauma. You know, if you, if you were to go back and look at those 10 years, you know, they've gone by and you're where you are. But when you start to reflect on that stuff, then you start to get that feeling again, like, man, where did the time go? Mm -hmm. You know, it went by so fast, but you're feeling that joy now. And, and, we we have this response to trauma where we fear the joy. We fear mm. getting that for ourselves. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. And let me tell you, it was like elation joy. It was like joy that I hadn't felt in a long time. And that's scary, right? Like how many of us are afraid to actually feel that joy and to be happy? Because it's like we connect it with this idea that if I feel too happy, let me not let me not feel too happy because then I'll jinx it
1: hmm it'll slip right through my hands
0: yeah it'll slip through my hands something to happen, or I'll offend somebody with my joy <laughs> my my unapologetic joy but I felt like um I gave my I recognized that you know I recognized that that clenching or that response and I reminded myself that just like I sat with grief in 2020 and I made myself sit with that and to be okay with sitting through that and to see what it had to offer me so it's not uncommon but I had to sit with and give myself permission to feel joy because it's just as valid and it's a part of the resistance.
1: It is. And it's also equally and I, I really mean that equally important to embrace the else. Mm-hmm. you know, embrace those those things that feel like failures and never forget that the opportunities that are truly not aligned with your truest desires, they'll work themselves out of your life. You know, the, the, the opportunities that you thought you really, really wanted and you don't get and then you get that other opportunity. And you're like, man, if I would have took that one, I would have never seen this. Right. And that's 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 by design. You know, it's you have to really lean on that and trust yourself because things will just kind of work themselves out and work themselves out of your life. But you have to you have to do that so you can move those other things out of your life and make room for the next thing. But mm. you have to pick yourself up in, in order to get to that next thing.
0: Absolutely, man. I thank my L's. (laughs) I thank every closed door, you know what I mean? (laughs) Thank you, closed door. Thank you, closed closed door. door. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) But I can honestly say um, we've uncovered a lot of trauma, you know, through really the entirety of of the show, right? Like that's what we're about is releasing the burden of trauma, but also finding creative ways to heal and recharge. Like That's just as important. And so we want to, as coaches, um, give you practical tools or not even just give them, but really share what we're practicing on ourselves. Because let's just be honest, like we are journeying also like side by side and we're simply being a case study. Right. Like we're being an open door and open window to share how we reflected on where we were, how we got to where we are and really how we're going to continue moving toward where we want to go.
1: Right, because you don't just wake up in the morning with the tools you need. Right. You know, sometimes you got a dream that will guide you to a decision, you know, that you say that happens to you a lot. Uh, Sometimes your brain will work out an issue. You know, Mm -hmm. I wake up a lot of times and I'm like, okay, whatever I was dealing with, I figured it out. And sometimes you receive valuable advice or perspectives from those around you, but it doesn't really matter what seed planted what in your mind or your heart, you just have to name it. And that's exactly how it becomes real.
0: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. You got to name it. You have to name it, you know, Um, because if you don't, it can hide in the mind like it'd be on recycle. So you see it all the time. But if till you call it out, it's not really real. And as we practice naming it, the more clearly we're able to see what we have to move through and how to make it manifest. So that actually led us to developing the five-step process that has really helped us and our clients recognize um, the reactions we have to trauma, our default reactions, how to redefine success, and execute. We call it the Five R Method. Okay, so Keith, what if only your opinion mattered to you? Like, what if we were able to just move through the world and not from like an egotistical perspective, but like from a genuine grounded perspective? What if only our opinion mattered to us? How do you think you would define success for yourself under that context? Ooh,
1: well, I don't know. Happiness comes to mind, I think. You know, I think about all the things I want on the material side, like the house and the whip. And, you know, I I'd still struggle to figure out if that's for me or for somebody else. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. happiness, you know, joy and, and my kids joy and family joy and travel, you know, mm. brings joy. I think if I could travel t- does bring if joy. if I could break the barriers of this nation and just be where I want to be and experience the earth that is success to me and really that's what i'm striving for anyway that's people ask me what i want to spend my money on it's to get out of here and see the world because i feel like it's for everybody mm-hmm. but financial restrictions job commitments you know airfare all, whatever <laughs> you want to go right. through it all restricts you from seeing the world but if that's that's what'd be success to me is like hey keith are you successful well i'm traveling um everybody has a smile on their face for the most part and we're living long so yeah i'm successful
0: Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I I really liked how if we were to look at a perspective of defining success and only what we thought about it mattered, and not to say that you know other people's opinion doesn't have value. Yeah, weight. Mm -hmm. Weight, right? But what if the decision was based off of our final way and what was really important to us? And I really love when you were talking about Just happiness, right? Like travel, you know, being with family and just calling out the limitations because that's ultimately what we're fighting against, right? Like we're fighting against this idea that we can't attain those things if we don't have the money to pay for them to open the access to it, Mm -hmm. right? And so what we don't have access to then limits the perspective of what we can achieve, Right. right? So I think that that's a really good place to start in terms of questions of if I gave myself permission to be the only one that like decided and cared how would I want to define success so the 5R method is kind of like those guidelines to help you explore that and arrive to that answer for yourself so the 5R method what are the five steps ready refrain reflect remove and reprogram
1: okay so let's dive into number one right so ready be ready to see the truth in order to move forward in order to get what you want and move past the fear you need to actually be ready to see the truth first
0: so this is the thing why don't we um want to see the truth sometimes it's because of what it will tell us (laughs)
1: What it we require us to do, man? And we're scared. That's the fear, right? It builds up. And
0: that's the fear. And it's a, it's a very uh, honest human emotion. So let me tell you, Raina, bless her heart, wanted some apples. She wanted a snack. And I was cooking. And I was like, I ain't about to give you no snack. I'm cooking dinner. But, you know, we do this thing. And so I was like, you know what? Fine. You can have a snack. You can have some apples. Like I'm punishing her eating a healthy (laughs) delicious treat (laughs) you know what I'm saying are you hungry are you hungry Uh, if you hungry eat these apples (laughs) so I cut up the apples give her the apples and she goes about her way I'm cooking dinner comes back and I said Raina did you eat the apples and she's like yeah they were delicious I was like oh okay she said do you want me to get the bowl she volunteered to go get the bowl I didn't even ask about the bowl I didn't bring up the bowl she goes to get the bowl bowl's empty
1: ate all the apples okay
0: no but she don't eat all of anything (laughs) So I'm like, so did you eat all the apples? Yeah, I ate all the apples. Did you share them? No. Was, oh, okay, fine. So I go about my business. I'm putting Yaya in the bath. And the next thing I know, I look in the trash. It's a trash full of apples. And I'm like, why are you lying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So long and the short of it is I ask her, hey, Raina, you sure you ate these apples? Yeah, I did. And I point to the trash. And so now all of a sudden, it's a whole conversation of why she didn't eat the apples. We just going to slide right past the fact that you didn't eat the apples and said that you did. I love my baby. Because it's just honest. It's like we do that in grown life. <laughs> it's like I did not see that coming, you know.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to until somebody shows you. Mm-hmm. Look in this trash can. Look at these. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there's apples. Yeah, I didn't eat those. But up until that point, you you had convinced yourself and convinced the person next to you that you had you did this thing, and so it reminds me of, um, you know, of, uh, a story with Lily. Um, it had to do with sushi. We you know we have these these nights where we get sushi and soup from um, from Publix, and we'll you know have our little dinner together. And recently, she, uh, you know, I asked her to set the table for both of us. Usually, she just grabs hers. I say, hey, can you set a table for both of us? She's like, yeah. I go to the bathroom, wash my hands, you know, get, uh, get ready to come back out. I hear a crash. I come back out. The sushi is still in the container, but it's dishelved. It's no longer <laughs> uniform as it was when it was purchased.
0: It's just kind of like moving around. It's just like not in its proper No, it's all,
1: it's all like you just shook the whole thing. So I say, hey, Lily, uh, did you drop the sushi? She says, um, and she looks down, and she's like, Uh, I dropped three, and I'm like, so you took the uh the floor sushi and put it with the not floor sushi, and she says, yeah, uh, but we can throw these away, and I'm like, okay, and she, uh, so I say, how many fell on the floor? So she just looks in it, she starts counting. She's like, uh, one, two, three, three fell on the floor. I look on the floor. There's four sushi spots. (laughs) I say, there's, there's four down here. She's like, oh, okay, this one too, that four. So then, you know, she walks in and she goes to sit down. She starts eating. I look at the fridge. I didn't even notice this before. There's sushi on the fridge. Oh, there's sushi it. on the trash can. There's, stop there's, there's. It. So I asked her. Yeah, I'm like, I said, did I you, assume, uh, did you, did you drop all the sushi? <laughs> and she, she says no. But then she comes back and she says yes. And I mm-hmm. asked her, why, why did you lie? But in that situation, she said, okay, well, I'd, I felt bad for dropping your food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. I didn't want you to be mad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I mean, we're going to move beyond the fact that you're about to let me eat floor sushi. Just the was whole, about to give you that floor sushi. Just to hold, <laughs> hold, hold on. To, and but and she wanted you to be,
0: got boots, though. So you was about to eat floor <laughs> sushi with the cat fur, bro. With
1: the cat fur. I'm saying. You know what I mean? The floor <laughs> is untouchable. But the the point, I mean, just to go back to the whole thing about be ready to see the truth, it's just you you really have to open yourself up and and move past that fear and and like you said we still do that as adults you know we have these situations as simple as they are we laugh about them right but it's like we have such a hard time just seeing it for what it is and being able to just look somebody in the face even if it's ourselves in the mirror and acknowledge mm-hmm. what the truth of the matter is and just deal we with, deal with that that pain that fear whatever it's going to be mm-hmm. and just remember that it's momentary
0: yeah no i i honestly i feel like we learn so much for from our children Because really they're mirrors for us Mm -hmm. to remember, you know, who we are and what we're dealing with right now. Because we can laugh at it because from our perspective as adults, after traveling through for so long, we've learned the signs. We've learned the rhythms. We've learned the examples of what to look for that are clues to (laughs) what's really going on, Right. It, but from their perspective, it's new to them. They don't know that if I tell this lie, that this is not going to give me the result that I want. You know what I mean? And so it's like, as parents, we're trying to give them that. But really, we got to keep giving it to ourselves.
1: Yeah, we have those feelings that make us hide from the truth, like shame, and guilt, and fear. But we have to be willing to replace those feelings, right? We got to replace it with courage, love, curiosity, or, or validity so that we can be willing to open ourselves up to receiving the truth and really trust ourselves and know that we can handle it once we do.
0: No, absolutely. And I think as adults, um, we could use reminders and questions that we can keep asking ourselves to see if we're paying attention to the truth, right? So we're going to post those on our IG and a little quiz just for you to kind of self-assess. I'd love for you to take that and drop a comment and give us some feedback on that.
1: So we're going to move into number two.
0: Number two of the
1: five R method reframe. So this is reframing how you approach things by building your emotional toolkit. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Jumil.
0: So when we're thinking about our emotional toolkit, I will be the first to say that um, as Americans, we do not process emotion. Well, <laughs> we just don't. We're not really taught to process emotion. Well, and I would say that we typically have four default reactions to it. There's avoidance or denial, rejection or getting defensive. Then, of course, there's suppression and reaction. And I will be the first to also point out these don't always serve us, right? Like, so emotions we are often told are inconvenient, fragile, weak, you know, unnecessary, right? Like, these are the narratives we have, but I couldn't disagree
1: more, Keith. Like, I really couldn't. Same. I mean, well, I felt that way for a long time, but now I don't. No, and,
0: and and I'm not saying that, like, I say that we all have them. You and I both, we know our defaults, right? Like, and there's certain things that we do avoid on default, but we have to be mindful not to because it doesn't serve us, right? So what I'm saying is, like, as far as emotion being perceived in that way, I believe that emotions are one of the most powerful diagnostic tools we have as humans to number one, identify the thoughts that created them, like our our paradigms that create our world and also the results we're creating and how to shift them, you know, because when we can tap into our emotions and understand how to harness them, then we know how to direct that energy, how to direct that power to create something different in the world.
1: Yeah. We have to reframe the value that emotions play right in the whole process and the necessity we have to feel them. We got to build that capacity up, mm-hmm. right? So we can process our own emotions. And and like you said, we have to use them like clues and insights mm-hmm. because they are that kind of navigation to what's going on, what's good, what's bad.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's reframing the way we view the function of emotion, right? From being that inconvenience and being unnecessary to really being a powerful tool that once we can harness it, we can use it.
1: So I've had a, a interesting um relationship with emotions because it's not always evident and upfront for me sometimes it's just like how my life has adjusted mm-hmm. there's something emotional going on there and for example uh being overwhelmed a lot uh with work you know constantly taking on new projects feeling the stress staying up late not getting sleep these are all kind of reactions to those emotions and kind of how my body outputs them right? versus, you know, a very like direct feeling where I'm like, Oh, I'm sad. Or I'm right. In it's kind of like
0: the evidence, like, okay, I can see these things are happening. And because these things are happening, like the, the oversleep and all of that, I'm, a, I'm having feelings of emo- of overwhelm <laughs> right now because right. like, this is what's causing this.
1: It's kind of like working backwards. And, okay. I, and, I, okay. and, you know, some people may feel that way and, and relate with that. And, you know, so I would question, um, you know what's going on and when I, when i'm feeling a world and i'm explaining to people they're asking me well why don't you do something about it and so i, I then i get defensive uh-huh. you know and i have that kind of emotional reaction to it and i'm like well you know i gotta do this you know i gotta grind and and, and keep it going uh, without really asking myself do i really though right um, <laughs> do you though yeah and, and i realized that was actually tied to the money and the gains and the business of it all the the, the busyness you know and experiencing avoidance and really having a fear of changing something. So I convinced myself that I was, you know, trying to, I was working to find something. I was working to, to grind or have some other reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, you know, there was no good reason to, to be hitting hit myself this hard. Um, so I was suppress the stress uh, and, and almost consciously ch- choose to live in a world that was full of fires and emergencies and, and busyness. So I really had to learn how to work through that, in, in order to tap into the true emotion of it, so that mm-hmm. I can wake up, mm-hmm. and um, and build my my new kind of emotional toolkit. So for me, that's just staying in touch. You know, it's constantly asking myself these questions as the feelings arise, and mm-hmm. and kind of knowing those triggers and knowing those signs. So if if I'm feeling overworked, I'm not getting sleep. I know from my past experience that. I'm probably feeling stressed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I won't wake up and just be like, Oh, I'm stressed. That's just not how <laughs> right? I, I work. And some people work that <laughs> so way though. Well, you know? well yeah. Cause some I, people are like, man, I'm stressed out. But for me, I'm like, I just gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. But really mm. it's actually a manifestation of intense stress. And I need to recognize that and not look at it as something that's like a achievement. It's not a, a great thing that I'm constantly working. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you uh, know, so
0: that's, that's a really good point. Um, one, the the definition of what is considered an achievement or not, right? Because we often, in this culture, I was listening to something on YouTube. I'm going to see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. But it was talking about a yin and yang and how we don't value um, the flow, the softness, the rest, the calm, the peace. We really hyper-focus on the grind, the push, the hard, the achieve, the you know what I mean? And it's interesting because you need both for balance, right? Uh- So that's that's dope. And I think being in our bodies um, for me, too, that was really big is like starting to pay attention to how it shows up in my body and how it shows up in my choices and my lifestyle. Like, am I being really snappy right now with my children? Am I being, um, you know, uh, short or, you know what I mean? Like you start to kind of get recognized in your body. And that's one of the tools is naming the emotion and identifying it in the body and and bring it to yourself so that we can get out of our heads and into our bodies and just give ourselves permission to feel. Because I think the other thing, too, is, like, emotions are a privilege, believe it or not, because we're humans and they're a part of our diagnostic system. We have to feel them, and we're going to feel all of them. We're going to feel the range of them, you know. And being able to identify them then allows us to tap in and then harness it you know, and point it in a direction that's going to serve us and heal us. One of the tools I use a lot with um, myself um, in self coaching and also with my clients, pretty much every client, this is one of the most powerful tools. It's called the model. I didn't make it up. I got it from the life coaching school. It's okay. I, I cite APA format, but it's so awesome and like to work with it. So you can actually check out the website to learn more about that and, and talk about that. But that is, you know, just having access to how to. Touch our emotions and what to do with it. Because it sounds good in the head, but like when it comes to actually doing it, having tools to do that. All right, step number three, reflect. Get 100% real with honest self-reflection.
1: Consider how you define success now at home, at work, and other important spaces in your life. The key is to get it out of your head and into a tangible reality because that's the only way to face it. As long as it's in your head, it's stuck. And you got to get it out. You got to be able to 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 see it in the vision format mm-hmm. and be able to, you know, look in the mirror and, and, and know what's going on.
0: Yeah. I think there's like kind of two ways to approach it, right? There's the proactive, right? And the reactive. I think both have their place, right? Um, so I know you were sharing kind of how you do self-reflection. For me, I always say journaling because it's my favorite, <laughs> you know, and I love journaling as a um, reactive thing when maybe you notice an experience or I have an emotion or I'm having a day and I just pour it out, you know, as a way to just identify what's going on or my notepad, I'll catch it and I'll put in my notepad. I'd say that's reactive, right? But you have like some proactive ways that you journal or capture or reflect, right?
1: Yeah. I feel like when you have some opportunity to look in the mirror in the morning, put on your favorite, whatever music that is for me, it's, um, it's orchestral. I listen to a lot of orchestral music. Oh, for real! And the way I be like thump into that, my head be bobbing. I saw people think I'm probably listening to some two chains or something, but I am literally listening to <laughs> the violins and cello, okay. and like, and it's going hard. You know, and it's it's <laughs> it's my place. It's, I I use it to lower my blood pressure. I use it to like just forget about things. Like it's really immersive for me. But I start my day like that, mm-hmm. and I also um list out in my head everything that I feel like is gonna be stressful. And I really, and out of that, I choose the hardest thing. And that's what I, I really try to focus on. If I'm gonna put a sticky note on my, de- my desk computer or my mirror, it's gonna be, what is that one thing you're probably gonna avoid today? And I wanna get out of my head and I wanna get it into a place where I can see it so mm-hmm. that I, I don't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so the sticky note for the hardest thing that's not for you to like all right this is the hardest thing i'm not talking to you today <laughs> it's the or total that- opposite okay so it's the i'm going toward it i'm, yeah, like going I'm gonna try to this tackle this today
1: yeah because i mean for me and, and you know and, and these things these tools are very personal right absolutely and so for me the honest self-reflection is that i'm going to avoid the hardest thing that's the, tr- the biggest truth for me and you know, w- on the, where I border and teeter on uh, procrastination, mm-hmm. and that could shake a whole week. It could, it could shake a whole month if I if I don't tackle these things. Mm-hmm. So I put it in front of me and I look at it and it and it's grilling me. It's like you ain't gonna get me today, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm I'm gonna I'm coming after you. I'm yeah. gonna go ahead. I'm gonna rip this up when I'm done. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my that's my. uh kind of my proactive and how I start the day and I mm-hmm. try to do my best with mm-hmm. that.
0: And I think that's dope because ultimately what I what I really remind myself is that, okay, on the days that I am proactive, that's a win. That's good. On the days that I'm reactive, but I journal it, either way, that's a win. Did I get it out? Did I reflect? Did I think about it? Because we don't learn from doing. We learn from remembering what was done mm-hmm. and what we made it mean. So I think that that's just really powerful. So I, um, certain tools, I think they're written, journaling is awesome. I mentioned um, audio memos. I've gotten into the practice of, um, like, let's say I have a thought and just hurrying up and capturing it right away, right, like in my memo and, and just kind of curating those thoughts and not putting it off to say I have to wait to do it at a specific time, at a specific day, every single day, you know, to make it a win. Scrapbooking. That was another one.
1: We got drawing too. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Whatever you want. You can draw um butterflies. <laughs> or you can draw <laughs> flames and chaos. Whatever. You know, get it out. Man, there's so many artists
0: out, out here. Yeah. Like one of my one of my really, really good friends, she paints, you know, and like paints just pours it out, you know. So I think there's there's different ones, right? There's poetry, obviously, digital design. It really the point is it doesn't matter. How you manifest your emotion and your thought is your gift. And it doesn't have to be a masterpiece to someone else. Because really, remember, we're trying to get to the point where only your opinion matters in way, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. So however it comes out is how it needs to come out. You know, and why do all of this? Why do all of this? Why consider the, the task of using journals and capturing our thoughts? Right. Like why do it um, in the first place?
1: I mean to reflect you know it, imagine being able to go back and listen to your audio memo you know and go back and read the journals and, and it's a great feeling, you know what I mean, yeah. and it, especially to just watch your face, you know if you did a video journal too, just to look at who you were and and what was in your eyes at that moment and really help you gauge like where where am I at from that point, mm-hmm. you know and reflect on that.
0: Mm-hmm. It was so, and I've told you this a few times, like I keep my journals. I have journals from when I was um, in middle school, right? And they're they're like chapters of my life. And it's so crazy because I can go back to like a certain year and look like, oh, snap, I forgot that happened. (laughs) But it's it's amazing because one of the reasons is through self-reflection, we get to know our own voice. Like we get to recognize it and, and to get used to hearing it. It's like we've been talking to the world for so long and through messages that weren't our own for so long, we have to learn what our voice sounds like, you know? And I think the other one is, or the other reason is because the more we recognize our own voice, the more we trust it, the more we can believe what it says to us, you know, the more that we can follow it. And the more we do that, then we see the evidence that it said was real. Like I told you that was going to (laughs) happen.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, and we're often our own bullies, right? In our own minds, like biggest critic. I don't care who you are; like you're you're feeling that at some point.
0: Yeah, man, our self-talk sometimes is pretty mean. It's crazy. It's pretty mean, but you know, and that's where that's where the affirmations come from. You know, that's where this idea of reprogramming the thoughts come up. But we're gonna get there.
1: But first, in order to, to even get to that point, mm-hmm. we're gonna go into step four, mm-hmm. and that's remove, remove things and thoughts that no longer serve you.
0: Come on, say that again.
1: Remove things and thoughts that no longer serve you.
0: Let's get going. And let me tell you something. This is an ongoing process. These steps, you won't, we don't do this one time and it's over, right? Like we're going to continue to reassess, continue to do this because the removing of thoughts and things, the decluttering of our life is so powerful and valuable. I'm going to tell you, go back to episode four. If you have not listened to it, I want you to stop right now. Don't worry, we'll wait. Go back, listen, and then come back because it's so
1: good. I think the most important thing when you're at this stage of removing, right? You you you've identified what you need to do. Um, it's not judging yourself in this stage. Mm-hmm. You know, you might feel something, especially when when it's people you're removing from mm-hmm. your life, because that's. That's a thing too. Sometimes yeah. you gotta let people go who are not serving you, and they're they're really clogging up your brain they're clogging up your your spirit. Mm-hmm. And you need to say goodbye. Um, the same thing with those things. It's a, it's a spatial situation. We cover that in episode four too about how sacred the space is, and those thoughts too. You know, getting rid of that. And that's, that's like you said, those affirmations. They replace that. And we'll and we'll get more into the.
0: Well, I think that it's interesting, right? To replace means to take the place of something. So something can't already be there, right? Like if our minds are clogged with thoughts, because remember, we talk about trauma. Mm-hmm. The response to traumatic situations is nothing wrong with a person. It The question is what happened. So when something happens in our life, we form a relationship with that experience. And then we create thoughts about what that means for us and how we need to move through life, whether it means we need to be safe here, we need to move there, we need to avoid this because ultimately we are trying to survive, right? So we have to see it and recognize it for what it is. But then in this stage, it's like we have a choice to remove it or to keep it because it serves us, you know what I mean? And so when we get it out of the way, when we decide to let it go, only then do we have room to offer in a new affirmation to replace it.
1: Okay, so I feel like once you've mastered those those pieces of it, of the, the removal, mm. um, then you're ready for number five. You know, you've arrived at reprogram. And this is reprogramming your mind. So you have to practice your new vision of success like a script. You're rehearsing for the role of a lifetime, and you are the director, the audience, and the leading role hmm. So what, what are some tools here, Jamil, for like reprogramming? How do you do it?
0: So I think that that's that's a great question. But I want to go back to something that you said about just arriving at the final stage. It's so interesting because think of this as a doorway. Right. Once we reprogram, we need to continuously be open to seeing truth. Right. Which was number one. Because with reprogramming, we're basically practicing new behaviors, thoughts, feelings. The ones that we decided to keep, we're practicing them over and over again, you know. And so the way that I practice um, is I definitely write affirmations. I actually wrote one uh, with Raina and Daddy. And we all, you know, well, me and Daddy wrote it. And then we did it for Raina. But she can memorize it already. And it's just amazing because it's something that we do in the morning and it's something we do in the evening just to help her to have something to hold on to to grab and get thoughts, right? So, like during the daytime at school, because she's still homeschooled, if she's wrestling with moving too fast through an assignment or if she's wrestling with trying to figure out, you know, what to do with her energy, she can pull from those affirmations and kind of remember how do I want to approach the situation I'm in right now
1: that's a really awesome idea actually so you're already doing that with her
0: yeah yeah that's something we're yeah doing that's now.
1: inspiring it makes me i think i gotta get on that with uh with my girls too i mean that's a great way to start a day and then end the day as well
0: yeah she gets excited about it and you know like she actually uh she was doing it for g she was like i know it and she she ran it for me i was like okay i'll see you <laughs> but no i think that it is it is powerful just you know and things that we do with ourselves things we do with our kids um, it helps to do it with other people for the accountability too, right? Like because if I forget, she'll remind me or something. So, I, I think that's one. What What about you? What um What are some ways that you kind of help yourself to reprogram or to repractice the new the new actions or, or thoughts?
1: I mean, I think for me, uh, repetition, right? Um, so revisiting those reflection tools. You know the ones that work for me the ones that i know that i'm gonna uh follow through on on a daily basis but doing them in repetition because really for reprogramming for me is not a once in a while type of thing it needs to happen consistently right just like going to the gym Uh, i'm a very habitual person so i need to build new habits even when it comes to my spirit because the old things can creep in until i've completely removed them So, yeah, I mean, repetition uh, of my reflection tools, specifically, um, you know, the way I start my day, like I explained earlier, um, and getting, making space for myself creatively that's not related to my work. Mm. So, you know, we talked about drawing, um, poetry, uh, making music, you know, things that have no capitalistic value, Mm -hmm. things that people will never see, Mm -hmm. those, you know, practicing those on a daily basis to make sure that I'm... Feeding myself and uh, and reflecting on on where I am and where I want to be.
0: You said creating space to express my creative self. That is a word, and that'll preach, <laughs> okay? Because it's so true. Like I can't say how many times. Again, we show up, we do the things, we go to work, we do we do the things, the responsibilities, but creating like this outside space, whether it's You know, podcasting, whether it's poetry, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, freelance, whether it's, you know what I mean, birth, whatever it is, it has really been helpful to create opportunity to practice, you know, to challenge um, myself on what is it that I said I wanted to believe (laughs) again? Like, do I do, do I or no? Like, yes or no? Because if I do, then I need to hold on to that so I can keep moving through whatever this thing is that I just created over here. And I think that's a really good point. I think that's just a really good way to when we don't see it, we got to kind of create it so that we can keep challenging ourselves to remember the things we want to believe.
1: So speaking of repetition, let's go through those five R's again.
0: Running back.
1: Because we want to leave you with this. We want to make sure that, you know, you understand that you have everything you already need to make this happen for yourself. It's already within you. It's in your house. It's. You know, your kids have, everybody, your family, everybody has all these tools already. It's just about practicing them. So number one, ready. Be ready to see the truth. Number two, reframe. Reframe how you approach things by building your emotional toolkit. Number three, reflect. Get 100% real with honest self-reflection. And number four, remove. Remove things and thoughts that no longer serve you. And finally, five, reprogram. And that's reprogramming your mind. Listen to this episode five, six times. We talked about repetition. Mm -hmm. You know, keep getting the plays up. Then share it with somebody else. Have them listen to it five times.
0: And then share it with somebody else. (laughs) Another five. And then share it with somebody else. You see where I'm going with it? Just keep doing it over and.
1: (laughs) We really want you to go on IG this week and make sure that you're interacting with the the quiz and the polls. We really want to get your feedback there, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and we want to know how you're how you're using the five R method is really important to us because this is a, a collective thing. So we want to learn from each other, continue to share mm-hmm. so that we can all heal and recharge.
0: Absolutely. Please share your stories because, um, we do, we heal from each other, right? We're sharing ours and we definitely want to be able to hear, um, how it's impacting your life so that we can grow and learn from you too. Hey Grios, we want to thank you so much for sharing space with us. If you enjoyed this podcast or heard something you liked, pay it forward and pass it along to someone else. We're making more episodes that celebrate our stories, so support us. Go to your preferred podcast app, rate us, and subscribe.
1: You can also follow us on IG at The American Grio or visit the website at theamericangriot.com to get resources from the show notes or leave a comment or question on the episode.
0: Until next time, be inspired and be on purpose.
1: And remember to live in the now because nothing lasts forever.